11 and verse 29 the Bible said he that eateth and drinketh unworthily drinketh and eateth damnation not discerning the Lord's body for this cause many are weak many are sick and many sleep I'm talking about the communion. Amen. Bible is saying that when we eat the body and the blood without discernment, it doesn't profit us. Hallelujah. When something doesn't profit you, it will cause you to lose stuff. Amen. So he's telling us that when it comes to the body and the blood you should discern say discernment say it again say discernment that word discernment is dichrisis it simply means one to separate two to discriminate three to hesitate and four to differ let me explain before you take the blood and the body because it must profit you somebody say amen in other words you should not be sick you should not be weak and you should not die that is the purpose of the communion but when you don't take it when you take it without discernment it will not profit you now that word discernment decreases simply means to separate now there's a way when you are going to eat your favorite food you should behave and there's a way when you are coming to take the communion you should behave in the Corinthian church they thought that the communion was food for them so when they were coming to church some of them would not eat they would come hungry and say oh why are you not eating today they would say oh today I'll be going to church when I get to church I'm going to eat the body and the blood like supper amen so they were thinking that the body and the blood was ordinary food so some of them wouldn't eat because then they broke the bread it's not like how we have these small small tiny things no now when they pass the bread to you then you break and they pass the bread then you break then the wine some people when the bread got to them they broke half i was saying man they broke half of the bread and they're saying hey tonight i'm gonna have real supper but god is telling us that the body and the blood is not an extension of your supper praise the lord and even now that it's not much you cannot eat it so it solves that problem hallelujah so he said not discerning means that you are not separating what should be separated from the other things separate your ordinary food from the blood and the body or from the wine and the bread hallelujah that's number one number two he said you must discriminate what is discrimination discrimination is to separate things on purpose or to make one thing differ from another on purpose so when i say discriminate you are not coming to the lord's table or the lord's supper or the bread and the body the body and the blood or the bread and the wine ordinarily you must discriminate and say look this is different this is serious somebody say amen so you discriminate and say look i cannot take this body and i cannot take this blood i cannot take this wine and i cannot take this bread like i'm eating anything like that or like i've got a plantain and granites and i'm just breaking it and i'm chewing it and talking you cannot come to the lord's table with that attitude let me hear amen this is the body broken for you and this is the blood in the new covenant so when you are taking the wine and the bread you are reminding yourself of what jesus has done for you so it's not ordinary bread ordinary wine it's the body and the blood and bible is saying that you must discriminate and the best way you can discriminate is praying as you are taking the body and the blood are you seeing it so that whatever virtue whatever power 
is in the body and is in the blood will work in your life. So the body is not wine, it is not bread, it is the body of Christ, it is the blood of Jesus. So if you are seeing it like that, then you should know that you are not eating an ordinary bread and an ordinary wine. It's going to affect the way you see it. Let me hear your amen. The next thing he says is that you should hesitate. In other words, think about it. Consider it. I'm taking the body and I'm taking the blood. This is serious matter. Let me take it by faith. Because everything or anything that is not done by faith is sin. So if you are taking the wine and you are eating of the body, you must hesitate and think and meditate and say, look, as I'm taking this, something is leaving my life. Freedom is coming into my soul. I am not going to die young. Why? Because I have partaken of the blood, which is the new covenant. And Jesus said, he that eats my blood shall not die. Even though he die, he shall live again. Are you seeing it? So what you used to discriminate is the word. You discriminate by the word and then you ponder. That means to hesitate. It's like you're going to jump a big gutter. If it's a small gutter, as soon as you get you don't even think, you don't even look at it. You just cross the gutter. But if you see a big gutter, when I was uh, a young, young boy, I used to go to Agri Memorial International School. And in that school, we had a gutter that if you were coming to class four, class three, and you think that you have reached the level, you must jump the gutter. It was a big gutter to us, like from here to there. And so when we close school and they want to see whether you have come of age, they will say, let's go and let's see whether you can jump this gutter. And then so some people, will, they'll, they'll go to the back. And then when they are coming to jump, they run, when they get to the gutter, they, they, they stop like that. That is hesitating, amen. They are calculating what it would take for them because if you miss your chain you are going it's a nima gutter amen you don't, you don't want to land in that gutter so you hesitate and calculate and meditate and say, look i must apply the right pressure i must apply the right speed and i must apply the right jump otherwise i'm going now i never jumped it amen i never had the guts to jump that gutter but those who were ahead of me, they jumped. Some fell in it. But I couldn't jump because the hesitation was too much. Amen. So when Bible says discriminate or Bible says descend, it says, it's saying that, look, think about it. This is the body of the Lord Jesus. Imagine Jesus' body and you are eating it. How would you eat it? Hallelujah. If your mommies eat those who they cremate, they put their ashes in bottle. Why are you carrying the bottle of that ash? You carry it with a... You see what I'm saying? You don't carry your mom... Of course, somebody is dead and you, the person is special to you and you are carrying their ashes in the bottle. You don't carry it anyhow. Won't you carry it very carefully? Come on, let me hear amen. So Bible is saying that let's hesitate, that think about it, that there's a reason why you are taking this by faith. And then finally he said, you must differ. You must be different. That means when you take it, something must happen to you. I'm prophesying you to, to you tonight that whoever partakes of the blood and the body, your life can never be the same again. Listen, then he said the verse 30, he said, for this cause many are weak. That means that, let's look. Uh-huh. See, look at it. For this cause many are what? Why? Because they didn't discern the Lord's word, or they didn't drink it. They didn't discriminate. They didn't think about it. That means that when you think about what it is, you will not be weak. Let me hear amen. Are you seeing the, the thing? When you when you go, go to the verse earlier, go to 29. But they eat it and drink it unworthily, eat it and drink it damnation. You said, not discerning. So unworthily, that means you don't value it. When something is worthy, worthy, you are worthy. King of kings, Lord of lords, you are worthy. Worthy, you are worthy. King of kings, Lord of lords. We are worshipping him because he's worthy, isn't it? So when we are coming to his presence, there's a way we carry ourselves, right? So when you are eating the Lord's body and blood, drinking his blood, or the wine and the bread, don't think as ordinary bread that you are coming to eat. Amen. Circumstances 
during the Corinthian church has changed a little. Had it, not, had it been that time, we'll just give you the bread, you break. We'll give it to you. You see people breaking big bread, eating their bread. That's how they were eating it unworthily. Hallelujah. But for now, when you are eating, you are drinking, think of it as something that will give you life. Go to 30 quickly. 30. I want to show you, for this cause, many are weak. That means that you should not be weak. You are tired every time. The blood and the body strengthens you. You can do great jobs. You can work day and night and you'll not be tired. Let me hear your amen. See, this is the discernment you must have. That when I eat this by faith, I receive strength. I cannot be a weakling. Number two, he said you cannot be sickly. That means when you take the body and the blood worthily, you cannot continue to be sick. Every sickness in your life must leave you. I said it must leave you. And then many sleep. You know, we don't use the word death for believers. He's saying that the people who were drinking the thing basa basa, they died early. In other words, when you eat and you drink the blood worthily, you don't die before your time. Oh, hallelujah. Lift your voice. I want you to pray and say, Lord, grant me discernment. Let me see what it is for which you gave me this body and the blood. So I will not be weak. I will not be sickly. Father, thank you tonight. Thank you for revelation. We declare this church, we shall not die. We shall not be weak. We shall not be sickly in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we partake of the body and the blood tonight, let 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 30 be effective in our lives. That we, this year, all through the year, we'll be strong in the name of Jesus. We receive strength. We receive health. And we receive life by the mystery of the communion tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we bless you that your word cannot fail. It is true. We hold on to it tonight. We declare every part of us is revived in Jesus' name. Come on, clap your hands and say amen. Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful? Take your seat. See, being sick, being weak and dying are symptoms of death. And that when we take the blood and the body, God is delivering us from death. Isn't that wonderful? Tonight, you will be healed in Jesus' name. Everything plaguing your life, you know, spiritual dreams, wickedness, limitations, it will be lifted in the name of Jesus. Everything you can imagine that was purchased by the sacrifice of Jesus, you have a right to receive it tonight. Come on, I say you have a right to receive it tonight. It includes poverty. The communion delivers you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let me hear you, amen. Well, it's glad to see you again. So I've been dealing with the series, if you don't have faith, you can get it. If you don't have it, you can get it. And I've been teaching you what faith is, that the greatest thing about faith is that it is personal. The just shall live by his faith. His faith. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 13, 38, and then Romans chapter 1, verse 18. The just shall live by his faith. So faith is personal, and everybody is required to have faith. That is why it's so important, the topic of faith, because it is to you according to your faith. That means that everything you would ever receive, every promise that will be performed by God in your life is a function of you and your faith. So when you have faith, you can receive the promise. So somebody will come to church and not receive anything, and somebody will come to church and receive everything. The difference is their faith. Are you seeing it? And when you have faith, God will give you the things you desire. If you check the Gospels, all the people who received miracles from Jesus, they received it by their faith. And Jesus and the Gospels, they emphasize those miracles that the people received by themselves. Not the ones that Jesus healed them. There were some healings that took place that Jesus initiated the healing process. And there were some healings that took place that the people initiated the healing process. Jesus was busy going to one of the leaders' house and a woman with an issue of blood 
came from the press and touched his garment for she said in her heart if I may but touch his clothes I shall be made whole so those testimonies and those miracles were recorded to tell us that when you get faith you will do things the proof that you have faith is the steps you are taking some may call it crazy some may call you mad it's just a consequence of the spirit of the word that you have believed and i also told you that faith is the spirit of the word of god that comes upon a man and causes him to act and you know that every word of god is backed by his spirit because it is the spirit of the lord that brought forth everywhere are you here tonight glory to god so when you have faith you will do things you will take steps you will act in a certain kind of way and so tonight i want to teach you i don't know how long i can stay on this series but i've identified 65 adjectives that was used for faith an adjective is a is a word what is an adjective it describes an action is that right what is an adjective can you see It describes a noun, right? So an adjective describes a noun. I don't know, but I believe you are telling me the truth. Amen. And that is true. Okay. An adjective describes a noun. So when they say Amma is running, that means that Amma is not. Amma is in the motion. Are you see? So it's describing Amma. So we are saying faith as a noun, and then we are beginning to see the descriptions that is given to faith. So we have, I identify, it's about 80 or 100, but I'll be able to identify 65 of them. Hallelujah. So we are going to go through, as we get along, I don't know how long, if you are not bored, I will continue. But if you get bored, I will stop. Let me hear amen. So 65 adjectives that describes faith. So let's just get into the word. That describes faith. It will help you, the purpose of this study is to help you to see faith in its practicality or demonstrated or seen as described in in the bible so we are seeing faith described with people's stories with uh the epistles from the apostles and by practical means we are seeing what faith is so let's go are you ready number one the bible talks about little faith say little faith let's go to matthew chapter 6 and verse 30 quickly Matthew 6 and verse 30. And then we'll also read Matthew chapter 8 verse 20. Today we're going to open the Bible a lot. Are you with me tonight? 6 verse 30. Look at what faith is. It's describing faith. It said, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Okay. Look at me, everybody. So the Bible is describing little faith. So we have something called little faith. So your faith can be little. And the Bible is telling us how little faith looks like. Bible is saying that when you think about the things you will eat, you worry about the things you will wear, you worry about the things you will drink, it's saying that you have little faith. And so he compares you with a bird or the sparrow, he said the sparrow, he doesn't, uh, he, he doesn't harvest, he doesn't store anything, but the Lord takes care of him. He talked about the lily of the valley. He said he doesn't do anything, doesn't weave nothing, but God takes care of the lilies of the valley. If he does so for the lilies of the valley, and the sparrow, that does not know how to plant and to reap, he would also do the same thing for you. So when you are able to believe God for your daily supply, you are no longer walking in little faith. Let me hear amen. But anytime you are worrying about what you will eat, about what you will drink, about what you will wear, about where you will sleep, God is telling you to, to be calm. And that he takes care of the lilies of the valley. He takes care of the sparrows. He is able to take care of you. 
And so when you see somebody who is always worried, 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 what am I going to get my next meal from? What am I going to, what am I going to do? And you are so discouraged and you are so depressed and you are so down. Bible describes you as not having faith. You may have faith, but that faith is little. Little faith. So little faith has to do with your daily food, what you eat, what you drink. Bible says that, is the life not more important than meat? That means that God created you not for food. You were created for a higher purpose. And because of that higher purpose, God will make sure that he will feed you. He will take care of you. You will not be destitute. You will not be stranded in life. Let me hear amen. You remember Elijah when he caused famine to come over the city of Samaria and the whole region of Israel. Bible sent him to the brook of Cherith. And it was a bed that came to feed him. They brought him meat. It was a strange animal that was bringing him food. And this animal, they are not used to giving what they have to other people. When they get it, they eat. But God was able to supply. And when that supply ran out, he sent him to the widow of Zarephath. And there, God caused a miracle meal to take place. The oil never ceased and the bowl of wheat never ceased. So they had supplies continuously until the rain came. Amen. So listen, don't worry. So little faith has to do with people who are always worried. If you worry, you cannot add one inch of hair to your hair. Neither can you increase your height by any means or by any stretch of the imagination. May that spirit of worry live your life in Jesus' name. So when you have that attitude, Bible is saying that you have little faith. And little faith, they worry about small, small things. May your faith be elevated tonight. I say, may your faith be elevated tonight. Matthew 16 verse 8, I think it's the same story. Let's look at it. 16 verse 8, quickly, quickly. So now we are looking into the Bible a lot. Verse 8, he said, which when Jesus, okay, this is another story. Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why, why reason ye among yourselves because ye have brought no bread? You see, same thing is about food. Jesus had performed the miracle and 5,000 people were fed. Now they had come to a place and they didn't have food. And they, were, they started worrying again because they didn't carry bread, they didn't carry fish. And Jesus was reminded, look, I have done this miracle for you before. Why do you doubt me? If God is able to feed you today, he will feed you tomorrow. If God supplies your needs today, he will supply your needs tomorrow. If the brook dry, he will send you to the widow. If the widow is no more in the position, he will cause the rain to come so you can plant and you can sow and you can harvest. Are you hearing me? So when it comes to our basic needs in life and we worry about them, Bible is saying that your life is more important than meat. You don't live to eat. You don't live to eat. No. You live for a purpose and then food is supplied to you. So you don't live for food. That's not your purpose in life. It's something that God has to provide. Why? Because he says your life is more important than raiment. It's more important than food. It's more important than what you will drink. Glory to God. So this is what little faith means. May God deliver you from little faith. Because some of us, we can worry because we lost our job. We have no job. We don't know where the next meal is coming from. You are doing your best to get a job. You are not getting the job. It's not your fault. God must supply your needs in Jesus' name. You must go to God and say, Father, you know my heart. I genuinely want to work with my hands. But I'm not getting anything to do. Supply my needs in Jesus' name. I say, supply my needs in Jesus' name. I remember many years ago, I came from church very, very hungry. And I didn't have anything to eat. I didn't have anything to eat. I've gone to serve God and I've come home and there's nothing for me to eat. So I was lying in my bed in the afternoon without food. As I was lying there, I was asking God, so what am I going to eat this afternoon? Then all of a sudden, I heard a knock on my door. It was my friend, Frankie Shen. He came to preach here, my friend in there. He came to preach here some time ago, some months, I think last year somewhere. He had come and said, Danny, how am I doing? I said, I'm cool. Said, oh, he's going to eat some omoto. Hallelujah. 
He said, if I don't mind, I can come. He said, I said, don't, don't say it because I've been waiting on God to give me my afternoon supply. May God supply your needs in the name of Jesus Christ. So God came and gave me food at that material moment. Yesterday, somebody told me that he was left with his last 20 cities and he had to su supply food for the wife and the children, three of them. And the Lord told me, send money to this person. So about the time they were wondering what was going to happen, I let. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So just at the point where they were going to be disgraced, here comes money. And then the person calls and says, this is the very hour. God is faithful. I said, God is faithful. He will not put you to shame in the name of Jesus. Come on, let me hear your amen. So when you don't believe God for your natural supplies, you have little faith. I declare you don't have little faith anymore. I can hear your amen. In the name of Jesus. These days, people don't have faith for transport. When I was young, I wasn't having, I was a student. And most of these little faith things, it has to do with students most of the time. You know, you're finished school, you don't have any work. In. You don't have money. Some people, they don't have, they don't need little faith because they have supplies for the next 50 years. It doesn't matter. I will go and stand by the roadside. I don't have money for transport to church. But I go by the roadside be, believing God that, look, I will get transport to church. Let me hear amen. So I will stand there and somebody will be passing. I'll just wave, hello, sir. I'm going to church. Are you going my direction? The one will stop and then I'll sit in there and I'm in church. You can't come to church without transport. Oh, hallelujah. When we tell you, um, why didn't you come? I didn't have transport. You are a woman and a man of little faith. God can give you transport to church. If you don't have one city in your pocket, is it not the one who said, I should fellowship? I'm going to church. Lord, you must provide transport. So you get ready, dress well, stand by the roadside, say you are going to church, and God will make a transport available for you. He will make transport available. Let me hear your amen. So you need faith to overcome these little, little, little things that you don't believe you can have. Hallelujah. Come on, I said hallelujah. Amen. Number two, live in faith. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. So I stand upon my watch. I will watch you see what you see unto me. And what would answer when I'm approved. Bible said the just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by what? Faith. Now I explain living to you. Not surviving. Not being under the weather. Not struggling. To live. To live is to thrive. The capacity to grow. The capacity to expand. The capacity to reproduce. The capacity to do great things. That is what living means. So Bible says that when you are living, come on say living. Living faith is a dimension where you are growing big is part of all that is evident. While the economy is going down, you are going up. That is the living faith I'm talking about. Let me hear your amen. Glory to God. May God give you that kind of faith in Jesus' name. Number three, seeing faith. Come on, say seeing faith. Let's go to Mark chapter 2 verse 5. I love the story there. Seeing faith. Say seeing faith. Come on, I can hear you. Seeing, seeing, seeing. I see in faith. 2 verse 5. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. When Jesus saw, what did Jesus, Jesus see? What did Jesus see? Their faith. How? Let's look at the story. And again, he entered into Capernaum some, after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway, many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. <laughs> and he preached the word unto them. That means the place was so jam-packed. The only space was the door because you can't stand in the door. Amen. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So Jesus is in Capernaum. It was noise that brother, hey, the guy is camel. Let's gather. Everywhere Jesus went, crowds were gathering like ants. Let's see what happened next. Verse 3. And they and straightway many were gathered together in so okay, verse 3. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. 
And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they covered the roof where he was. And they, when they had broken it up, they let down the bed, wherein the sick of the palsy lay. Come on, say, say, say in faith. Say it again, say, see in faith. Hmm. This is a guy who is sick of, he's paralyzed and he has four friends. Now they get to a miracle center and there's no room. Three options. One, you can leave and say, well, the place is jam-packed. It's not my fault. The people have been there. There's no, nothing I could do. I just didn't get a seat. I didn't get a place. So we are going back. Two, you could just stand there and bid your time. Three, or you do something crazy. So the people say, look, we need to get this guy healed. May you surround yourself with people of faith in Jesus' name. Imagine the people around didn't have faith enough. They were not crazy. And this is what I'm talking about, crazy faith, seeing faith. That means you are acting very, very, in a very crazy way. You know what they did? There's no space around. We can climb the roof. So the, Jesus was not in his place to rest and eat something. And the crowds had come. So these people, they had no re respect. They had no respect for the man's house. They broke all the protocols that had to do with the man of God. They said, look, our focus is that this boy should be healed and should, be, should rise from the sick bed. So they uncovered the roof. That's a nice way of saying they broke the roof. Nobody uncovers roof. Can you uncover this roof? You have to tear it apart. So while Jesus was preaching, they were hearing cracklings on the roof. Some people were moving the tiles. <laughs> so give you crazy faith. Seeing faith, it works. When you have moved the man's roof and you take the step, go honor your faith. Before they realized, they had and they could see a bed coming down. Four people lowering the roofs like completely paralyzed. And here comes a man who cannot walk, the human being, in front of Jesus. Jesus looked at the thing. You know, there are some things you do. It, even the person doesn't have faith, you have faith for you. Oh, they didn't hear what I said. You are too nice and too cool to stir up an environment and an atmosphere to receive a miracle. Jesus' meetings was not as normal as this. Oh, where everybody's sitting now very nice. And everybody's come. It was very chaotic. Jesus, when he's in a meeting, people ask, I haven't seen action before. May this church become alive in Jesus' name. I don't know why you came to church, but maybe may you believe God for somebody. Maybe you don't have a problem. The way you are sitting, relaxed and calm. Maybe you don't need anything from God. But may you believe for somebody in Jesus' name. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Somebody came here. You know, when we went for the crusade at uh, Adwejiri, there's a woman who came. I just got a testimony because I sent one gentleman to go and follow up the souls that we won. There's a woman who was in very sick. She couldn't walk. They had to, I don't know how they, they carry her to the meeting. And she was in the chair. But she came. So when I called for, I didn't call for those who are sick. I just said, if you want to give your life to Christ, come. She came. She couldn't sit. So she was sitting on the chair. So whilst I was laying hands and praying for the people, when I got to her, I knew that this woman needed help because she had positioned herself. I cannot jump her. You have to put God in a place where he cannot overlook you. Are you hearing me tonight? May you be activated in the name of Jesus. And we are having praises. You have to do something ordinary people won't do. There are miracles you never walk in. If you are not extraordinary, you are not crazy. So I laid hands on her. Ha! Ah! She screamed. I said, yes, she's receiving the power. You know some people lay hands on them. You better be looking at you like that. Because the man is praying for you with all his heart. And you are looking at the man. But when I put my hands on her, she stretched and began to scream. I knew she was healed. Hallelujah. When they went there, he came to testify. He said, she doesn't know what happened. She's completely, she couldn't walk. Healed completely. It was a demonic situation that the enemy had kept her in a certain state. But she was completely delivered. Imagine she didn't come to the front because she was shy that somebody would see her. This man, we don't know. He says he's a preacher. He's an evangelist. He's coming to what? 
but she came. It's something is activated. Come on, let me hear amen. amen. You remember Hannah when she was praying in the temple? Now, Eli, Bible said he was so fat, he doesn't sit in the church. Because the priest, they ate the best of the meat. Everybody was fat, thick neck. In fact, that's what killed him. After his two sons died, he fell on his back and broke his neck. Now, this man was in the chapel. Meanwhile, God was not so much working with him because, you know, God had already complained to Samuel that I have a problem with Eli's children and I'm going to take the priesthood from them. I'm not going to cause them to be the leaders anymore. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Glory to God. But you see, while the Bible said, and Hannah prayed, her mouth moved, but her words were not heard. So, the, the man, he was sitting there, said, ah, who is that drunk woman disturbing me this morning like that? She's been praying the whole night, oh. You say, who, where is that woman who is drunk this hour of the morning? The woman said, Pastor, I'm not drunk. I'm pouring my soul unto the Lord. <laughs> ah, when you pour your soul, may God hear you in Jesus' name. You know, somebody who is not even anointed for you, when they see your faith, they will speak a word unto you and it will come to pass. They, now, Eli said, your problem is solved. The way I've never seen anybody pray like this. I've never seen anybody cry like this. God has heard you. I said, God has heard you. Amen. Eli saw her faith. She, he didn't physically see her, but he heard her. May somebody hear you. From that day, when she left, something happened. Because somebody confirmed her prayer and said, God, I heard you. You are going to have a child. Let me hear you, amen. So anytime your faith is seen, God is activated to bring you deliverance. In the name of Jesus. I said, in the name of Jesus. Shout a big amen. amen. So that is seeing faith. And so this is a story. They lowered the man. Jesus saw their faith. He didn't hear anything, but Jesus just shot, saw what they were doing. My God, if you see somebody breaking your roof and coming down, can you neglect that person? Why should somebody come to you? Why shouldn't you be bypassed? Because there's something about you that attracts the anointing. May your faith be seen in the name of Jesus. When you need a job, be desperate enough for somebody to know that. You really need it and stop playing diplomatic. If you need healing, really, let your faith show so that when the man of God lays hands on you, you will receive your healing. When faith is seen, you'll be healed. You'll be delivered. You'll be blessed. Glory to God. May this church, may, may our faith be alive in the name of Jesus. A lot of people come to church and walk away with their problems because they think somebody is looking at them. Who cares? I'm the one oppressed. I need help. Can you help me? Hallelujah. May your faith be activated. May your faith be seen in the name of Jesus. May your faith be seen in the name of Jesus. Number three, thy faith. Say thy faith. This is what I was talking about. Go to Matthew chapter 9 verse 28. Matthew 9 verse 22. Matthew 9 verse 22. Let's look at it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Matthew 9, verse 22. But Jesus be of him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, thy faith has what? This is the woman with the issue of blood. The same story is said, I think, in uh, Mark chapter 2 or 5, one of them, that this woman, her faith, may God give you your own faith. So, thy faith, may you have your own faith. You know, sometimes we have common faith. is in the Bible. But what will really bring you your blessing is your faith. That thing that you are doing, believing God for a miracle and a sign. This woman, she heard of Jesus and she went behind the press and went to touch. When Jesus was going to pray for somebody, she wasn't the agenda on the program for that day. Jesus was going to pray for somebody who had died. But this woman came and took her blessing while Jesus was walking somewhere and watching somewhere. Hallelujah. The Lord told her, your faith had made you whole. If you heard and you came against the press and you were bleeding at the same time, men have taken all your resources. You had nothing left. You have been so humiliated by physicians. And then this 
this, you believe that this is your last chance. If you miss this, you are dead. God will respond to your faith. So the Lord told him, he said, it's not my faith. It's your faith that has made you whole. Hallelujah. You can have miracles in the most unexpected places because you had faith at that moment. May that be your story in the name of Jesus. Let's continue. Number five, mustard seed faith. Say mustard seed. Come on, I can hear you. Let me hear you. Say mustard seed faith. Let's go to Matthew 17 and verse 20. Quickly. Matthew 17 and verse 20. And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If you in faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto them, And nothing shall remove hands to yonder place, and it shall remove. Can you hear your amen? impossible unto you. Let me hear your amen. I'll remove the mountain. The mountain itself will remove. Hallelujah. Look at the scripture where. He said the mountain itself, it will move away. If you have faith, what is a mustard seed? Mustard seed is some tiny seed. It's almost unseen. That means that the faith you need for, to move mountains is so little. May God give you mustard seed faith. I said may God give you mustard seed faith. In the name of Jesus Christ. They couldn't believe that Jesus could heal the demoniac. Somebody who had been possessed by a devil. And Jesus was telling them that this is very easy. When the demon saw me, he himself moved. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's, let's look at the story. And when they were come, verse 40, and when they were come to the multitude, there came unto him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. For his lunatic and so vexed, oftentimes he fallen into the fire, oftentimes in the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him or cast the devil out. This is a demonic problem. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour say a big amen then came the disciples to jesus about and said why could not we cast him out jesus said unto them because of your unbelief what is unbelief you don't think that the thing will work so you are not even saying it hallelujah the things you say that you don't believe is a sign that you have unbelief but when you say it and you believe it will happen so mustard seed faith is the faith that speaks and things happen hallelujah what did Jesus do Jesus just rebuked the spirit and said get out of here that's it and the demon left I heard the story of a man of God a lot of people he went to preach in another country and he was sharing a testimony because usually when we don't associate healing with him it's always motivating motivating and stuff like that so people don't think that he operates in the miracles I heard a story he said Many years ago, said they told him that a certain man had gone mad. <laughs> and they had come to send for him to go and pray for the man. So he said when he got there, he saw the man sitting there. And then he just went to him and put it in the name of Jesus. I command you to leave this man. In Jesus' name, amen. Say amen. Yes. So the, the parents or the relatives, ah, is that all? He said, that's all. Later, the people called the man of God and said, the man is healed. Hallelujah. If you believe your prayer, you will not be repeating things. If you say, in the name of Jesus, once is enough. Say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You don't believe what you are saying. You don't have mustard seed faith. Can I have an amen? When you say, in the name of Jesus, once, if you believe that, what's your faith? you see the miracle. So with mustard, amen, is that casting out devils is the least of your problem. Let me hear, amen. I got here the doctor. A lot of you, when they present to you with a demonic situation, let's go cast that devil out. I say, cast that devil out. Especially when that devil is manifesting itself and doing things. Say, get out in the name of Jesus. When you say that and you believe it, it will go. After all, the power is not you. The power, believe. I said the power is in the name. 
So when you call the name, the mountain itself will remove. So it was a demon who removed himself. May your problems remove in Jesus' name. Whilst you are coming, you are speaking. They will be going themselves. They can hear, they can see, they can move, they can walk. May they move out in the name of Jesus. So when you speak the word, it's mustard seed faith. And it causes things to move out of your way. May things be moved in Jesus' name. Are you following me tonight? Are you following what I'm teaching you? Come on, I can't hear you. Amen. Faith that does not work, doubt. Go to Matthew 21 verse 21. I think this will be the last scripture. And then we'll just stand up and pray a little bit. Matthew 21 verse 21. Are you being blessed tonight? Hallelujah. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this, which is done to the fig tree, but also ye shall say unto the mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and it shall be done. Come on, say it shall be done. See? Mustard seed faith is very similar to faith that does not doubt. Because what produces unbelief is doubt. What produces unbelief is doubt. And unbelief has two sources. One, familiarity. When you are familiar with an anointing, you may take that anointing for granted. Jesus goes, is that not doubt? And Bible says, and he marveled at their unbelief. For they said, oh, and are not his brothers, Joseph, James, and others, and all his sisters, his sisters with us, who were dating his sisters. We know them. That's the house. How come can he come and heal us here? And Bible said they were offended because of him. And Bible said there, the Lord Jesus could not do many miracles because of unbelief. And that unbelief... So an anointed man can be staying with you, be around you, and you will never receive from him because you know his name. You know where he lives. You know his messages. You know everything about him. It's like you know him. So now the anointing has become familiar. Jesus, he couldn't heal anybody in his village. Can you believe it? I said, can you believe it? The whole anointing walking on the earth, the power of God walking on the earth, he couldn't heal because the people thought they knew him and they were offended. How come this guy is saying he's a prophet? No, he cannot be a prophet. You can't accept his ministry. If you are black and you can't minister to white people, because the white people, their minds say, no, what good can come out of Nazareth? A black man, what can he hear? So you can miss your blessing because you have unbelief. And the result is because of familiarity. Number two, when you don't pray. Hallelujah. These are the two things. Familiarity and prayerlessness. It breeds unbelief. Are you hearing me? But when you pray a lot, you can believe things. I say you can believe things. So faith that does not doubt is the faith that you need to speak and believe it will happen. Even if it doesn't happen immediately, believe that it will happen. It may take time, but it will come to pass. Hallelujah. So when you speak your word, don't go back checking and say, oh, is it done or is it not done? Just walk away. Every temptation, go back to that place. Don't go. But if you go back, you are spoiled that thing. You don't believe. Hallelujah. So as soon as you go back, say, oh, uh, let me check again and see whether you have spoiled your prayer. Every temptation for you to go and check, don't go. Forget it. Think of football. Hallelujah. Think of what you are going to eat. Just forget that prayer. It's a prayer of faith. It's prayer. It's faith that does not doubt. Why? Because I said it and I believe it. I said I believe it. Say it and walk away. It will happen. I say it will happen. May God give you that kind of faith in the name of Jesus. Many years ago, I was praying. My sister came into the corridor and she was looking for a key. Say, we can't find the key, the whole house. I said, the key is not lost. The key is in the room. I just said it. And I went back to prayer. Those things, it's not you who do it. You say it in faith, leave it, God will work on it. He said, the thing removed itself, the mountain removed itself, and the demon spirit moved away. So everything you, you see, that kind of faith is speaking to the thing, the thing can hear. That growth on your body, you growth. This is not the molecular structure that God gave to me. You are a strange cell. You have to obey the word of the Lord. I curse the beginning and I command you to go into remission and go back to your original state. After five minutes, you are looking at Jesus. Pray that prayer, that's all. Your prayer is not working. You, you didn't pray with faith. Amen. Pray and leave that place. 
By the time you come back, it's not there. May God help us in Jesus' name. Let's continue. No faith. Number seven is what? Say no faith. Uh, I can't hear you. Say no faith. So there's something called no faith. No faith at all. Mark 4 verse 40. Mark chapter 4 and verse 40. If you are there, say amen. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? So what is no faith? When you are walking in complete fear. See, when you are afraid, eh, you don't even have one drop of faith. Hello. I said hello. He said, why are you so fearful? And the inference is that you have no faith. No faith. So anytime you are afraid about something, you don't have faith for that thing. But when faith comes for that thing, fear will leave you. Because faith and fear, they cannot cohabit. One has to leave when one comes. When faith comes, fear has to go. When fear comes, faith will go out of the window. You have to make a choice. Whether you have fear or you have faith. Hallelujah. They tell you you are going to die. Doctors have said, this is it. If you are afraid, you will not have faith. And the thing they told you will come to pass. But when you have faith, it's like, you know, somebody... I, I saw a man of God who lost his son and like, it's not be easy, but the following Sunday he was preaching. So his first son. Funny. Hallelujah. Tells you that this is serious faith. But I heard of another man of God. He was preaching in Nigeria from America. They told him his son was sick. Oh, he canceled all the meeting. I said, I'm going, my son is sick. He left everybody. He left. Fear. When you don't have, when you are full of fear, is a sign that you don't have faith at all. Hallelujah. Some of you are afraid to always walk in the night. So you are walking in the night, you are afraid. You are a victim already. Fear has even killed you before you even met the enemy. Hey, are you hearing me tonight? So when you don't have faith, what is there is fear. But anytime you are not afraid, that means you have faith. When fear takes you absolutely, you don't have faith. Don't go. Don't do it. Say amen. You know you are going for something. You are full of fear. Postpone it. And make sure you have faith before you go. Maybe it's even God telling you not to go. It's not giving you faith for that thing. Hello? Are you following what I'm teaching you? So when you are doing something and you are full of fear, you don't have faith for it. The thing will not work. May God give you faith. May God give you faith. May God give you faith. Stand on your feet. Let's pray. Sere magratos. Spranikes koro jagratas. Spranikretos sobra kifalabaste. Esoro makloriba idesteniai. Come on, pray, pray, pray. Mekronia ladis. Are we having communion today? Let them bring it quickly. Sandere ne mekombofa. Oh, church, I can't hear you. <laughs> 